good morning the topic for today's discussion is dental implants dental implants have become the integrated part of dental sciences in day to day practice any missing or lost tooth or teeth need to be fixed permanently at least at, for a period of 5 years irrespective of any type of bone the need for knowledge has become more and their tremendous development which has been taking place since three decades before we start with the dental implant practice let us discuss about the type of bone where we need to place the implant basically the types of bones are divided to four categories the d1 d2 d3 and d4 d1 is dense compact bone the cortical bone is thick and very minimal amount of cancellous bone will be present d2 is ideal for any kind of implants in which both the cortex and the cancellous bone are compact and dense whereas d3 has got dense cancellous bone and thin cortical bone whereas in d4 both type of both the type of the bone or weak that is both is not dense loosely arranged so why do, why do we need to know about this uh, uh type of bone basically we place only the endosseous implants the days of superiorsteal and other type of implants have become obsolete whereas endosseous implants are in practice right now d1 bone has got that uh, thick cortex uh, which needs pre-tapping of the bone that is after preparation of the bone you need to pre-tap according to the size of the implant that you are going to place the second step in uh, dental implant practice is principles of dental implantology surgical principles what we need to do select the widest longest implant with respect to the site what is this principle that is every manufacturer has got different sizes and shapes of course not shapes every uh, manufacturer designs a different uh, types of implants uh, it may be having a uniform width from head to uh, root head of the implant to the root of the implant or tapering type in the tip of the implant or it could be a single stage implant where the collar will be wider and the root will be narrower than the collar head of the implant so now so how to select this with respect to the site two factors to be taken into account in maxilla you need to know you need to know about the maxillary sinus in mandible in mandible we need to know about the inferior dental canal the inferior dental canal over the inter- inferior dental canal at least 2 mm of bone should be there from the 2 mm you can place the implant up to the crest of the bone this is the one the second is maxillary sinus under the maxilla at least 7 mm of bone should be there at least you can put 5 mm of implant and the 2 mm can be there between the root of the implant and your maxillary sinus 
this is the longest and widest implant that we need to plan according to this two vital structures present in the maxillomandibular region now which is the safest zone is the anterior part of the mandible and the maxilla where there is no vital structures are present the second principle is avoid midline what is that avoiding the midline you should not put the implant place the implant in the midline maxilla the intermaxillary sutures should not be included in that why that can separate the both sides whereas in the lower jaw midline can give up for some accidental impact which which may happen over which it can go for a dissipation and the most challenging part of dental implantology is placement of implant in the lower anteriors why it is happening like that the angulation of the alveolar bone and the basal bone meet at one point which gives a angulation in the chin the parallelism should meet with the long axis of the alveolar bone when you choose that kind of implant placement definitely the chances of perforating the lingual cortex is there so that is the most challenging part the next principle is the after placement of the implant there should be at least 2 mm of bone all around the implant wherever you place there should be a 2 mm of bone around the implants after placement now we go for the categorization of the stages there are two types of implants basically one is the single stage implant the next one is the two stage implant what is the single stage and two stage as we started the discussion we described about the size of the implant width of the implant when the root up from the root to the head if the width is uniform uniform in width this is called single uh, two stage implant what is that you bury within the soft tissue and later after some time you have to open it and place your abutment and take the impression for loading the uh, crown on the other hand single stages the collar will be wider the collar will be wider that is head will be wider over the crystal bone you have to place it you can't go beyond that whereas the root will be narrower than the head so this gives an emergence profile what is this emergence profile for example if you put an implant in the anterior especially in the upper anterior once you insert the crown the crown will merge into the subgingival level the subgingival cuff is formed with the one stage implant or the healing collar so that is called emergence profile of course lower also we can put but fortunately the lip always hides the the lip line always hides the implant collar of the implant as well as the head of the implant so how will you place the single stage instead of making a crystal incision on the alveolar margin you make incision on the labial mucosa make sure always there should be a keratinized mucosa over the implant when you give a suture so imagine there is a single tooth restoration single tooth implant placement you have to put a uh incision on the labial cortex labial mucosa keratinized mucosa so elevate the 
superiorsteal flap towards the lingual side so that you can deglow the labial cortex once that is exposed if you see a knife edge you can't put the implant in that surface when you place the drill bit that keeps wobbling to avoid that you have to make that knife edge smooth how will you make smooth a procedure called crestotomy just like your round bar just make that area flat now the platform become flat and you can start the drilling the first drill bit your initial perforator that you have to make it with your that is universal for all type of implant system you make a ditch in that how you use it for your access cavity round bar should be placed it's made up of tc bar tungsten carbide tip you make that you will feel the slip that slip indicates you have perforated the cortical bone that's very important before you taking the pilot drill you have to make a ditch cut in the bone using your round bar rosette bar once the ditch is made then you take the pilot drill which is always irrespective of all kind of system it will be 2 mm in width now you have to make through that ditch using the pilot drill go up to the 5 mm of bone not more than that so once you take it out you have to take a pin called paralleling pin you have to insert into that this paralleling pin will give the delineation with the adjacent tooth whether the the implant is going to be placed in the proper parallel point if you are not happy with the parallelism then you have to redo the pilot drill you have to change the angulation in the pilot drill according to the parallelism to some extent you can overcome that so once you achieve that parallelism then you keep on expanding the socket while expanding the socket after 2 mm it will be 2.5 then 2.8 then 3.2 then 3.75 4.2 4.5 5 5.5 and 6 6.5 the one which is exceeding 4.2 doesn't match with the indian population at all irrespective of any kind of basal bone in the mandibular maxilla so the amount of bone what we come across so far is up to the 4.4 4.2 or 5 mm of implant see when you choose the implant you should not prepare completely exactly with with respect to the size of the implant that is width of the implant you have to stop one or two drill sequence before that that is if you are planning to place 4.2 implant you stop the drilling with 3.75 not more than that what will happen if you completely prepare example if you use the 4 point drill for a 4.2 implant there will become over preparation see the amount of bone that is being digged from the socket will be more and you will not be able to place the implant comfortably once you place the implant there should be a stability of the implant that is called primary stability initial stability that should be there that is the major principle of implant placement so that should be there that will not happen if you completely prepare the socket as we all using the self tapping implant we need not prepare we need not follow the complete sequence of drilling
you can skip some of the drills when you keep skipping some of the drills you will achieve that tightness between the bone and the implant this happens with your d2 and d3 bone remember d2 and d3 that is self threading implant you can use this d4 bone you should not prepare much at all you have to stop with one or two drills whereas in d1 you have to completely follow the sequence given given by the manufacturer that is you have to give all the drilling sequence as per the directions of the uh, manufacturer respective manufacturer why why don't you skip if you under prepare that socket while placing the implant that can cause micro crack within the bone which eventually results in implant failure on the other hand in d4 bone if you keep on increasing the number of bone the heat produced by the uh, drill bit will again cause resorption and early failure of the implants or it may result in periimplantitis the space between the implant and the bone will take place which causes fibrosis integration rather than the osteo integration so keeping this all in mind and you have to start doing the uh, drilling what is the ideal solution for drilling usually they do normal saline but ideally ringer lactate is the ideal solution for irrigation why it is suggested the lactate molecule present in the ringer lactate chelates with the bone salts phosphate and the calcium salts which washes away the bone collecting in the fluids of the drill bit so what happens the efficiency of the drill will get improved the cutting efficiency keeps on improving there should be a clean drill bit which has got a sharp fluids which can drill whatever the desired width and size which we want to achieve now i said under preparation what is this under preparation for d2 bone you want to put a 4.2 implant for a molar first molar see all these things i'm talking about residual rich that is you have done extraction 8 months 6 months ago and the patient has come for implant placement by the time the bone has formed to some extent and it got consolidated so in that 46 or 36 region you want to put a implant size of 4.2 skipping the drill is as per the manufacturer it starts at around bar 2 uh, 2.5 and uh, 2.75 then 3.2 3.75 uh, then 4.2 that is the sequence you should not follow this the minimal the trauma to the bone the better the outcome so you can start the round bar 2 mm pilot drill and 2.5 directly go for it 3.75 and stop don't use the 4.2 size drill bit for placing the 4.2 implant so within the 3.75 you place the implant and drive it slowly you can drive it or else you can widen the socket for 4.2 and not going not advisable to go deeper into the socket make sure the cancerous bone should not be excavated away using your drill bits 
the maximum heat generated within the cancellous bone will result in loss of implants cancellous bone has got a good red blood cells and prf which has got a growth factor called igf insulin growth factor osteoprogenitor cells and also bmp so all these factors will get sabotaged by giving exerting more amount of heat caused by the drilling however you do that irrigation you have to do a three type of irrigation two from the internal one from the external what is the two internal is one is attached to the external surface of the reduction gear hand piece which is washing the tip of the bar one is coming inside along with the holes given by the given in the drill bit the third is irrigation given by the externally by your assistant so three drill should be there you have to keep the you have to refrigerate the ringer lactate or normal saline not in the freezer actually the the, the other slot i don't know that the other slot you have to keep it 24 hours you have that has to be kept so this will alleviate uh, some amount of heat that is produced and the second factor is skipping the drilling sequence there is some type of implant which uh, has a uh, see whatever we have discussed so far is a two piece implant that is implant is buried in the bone then after 3 months for the mandible and 6 months for the maxilla we re explore it and place your abutment and take the impression this is second stage that is implant and abutment are separate whereas something called one piece implant that implant and your abutment are soldered welded together by the manufacturer and given as one piece the advantage is you can use it for anterior most of the time where the occlusal load is zero almost or sometimes minimal the second is you need not open the surgical site for the second time and third is immediate loading is possible we'll talk about immediate loading little later so this is the advantage of one piece implant is called op in the one piece implant there is something called bicortical implant the long is the length of the implant is too long if you place the implant in the crest you keep on driving and it goes up to the inner aspect of the lower border it's called bicortical that is extend extending from the alveolar margin towards the inner aspect of the lower border not coming out of the lower border inner aspect of the lower cortex it has got some limitation this bicortical has got some limitation major limitation is you can do it only in the anteriors because the vital structures like sinus and your inferior dental canal will not allow you to go for this type of implant if you you have to strictly follow this bicortical protocol bicortical anatomical landmark should be involved in this you should not stop in the middle the principle is lost if you stop in the middle make sure you have to take the longest implant it can go up to 30 mm sometimes 40 mm depends upon the height of the mandible you can go up to that 
and place it. You need not worry about the angulation of the abutment. You can bend. It is playable abutment which is attached already, pre-attached already by your manufacturer. So using a forceps, you can, if the angulation is not good, you can bend according to your convenience. Or you can reduce the, if you want to reduce the, if it is hitting the upper anterior or lower anterior, you can reduce height using your diamond bar in the same sitting. So one of the excellent systems which is meant for anteriors. Of course, each that little compromise, you can't give a emergence profile. You can't form a cuff around the implant because the implant abutment is already attached with the implant. So, this is one way. The another type called press fit type. That is, you can tap the implant. The implant surface will be smooth, made up of titanium oxide beads. It's called press fit type. You have to make a socket and keep tapping into the alveolar socket that you have prepared already. This usually happens with your maxillary bone which is softer than your mandibular bone and it commonly used underneath your maxillary sinus. The advantage of press fit is it lifts the sinus as well as insert the implant. <coughs> Ideally you have to do a delayed loading. Any implant plan for a delayed loading. What is delayed loading? Strict protocol designed by Branimark or Kalmish or Babush, they advise always delayed loading. Allow the implant to get integrated with your bone. So leave six months in the maxilla and three months in the mandible irrespective of any type of implant. It has got some exceptions like anteriors where you can give a immediate loading with assurance of it is it is kept away from the occlusion. It is not hitting your maxillary anteriors. The incel caused by the occlusal wear may jeopardize the osteointegration. The another theory is piezoelectric theory. They advise the recent theory given by Hill Tatum. Mild micro insult, occlusal stress induces bone formation by piezoelectric theory. What is piezoelectric theory? Mild amount of current is formed which enhances the osteoblastic action between the titanium surface of the implant and your bone which causes osteointegration. However, that is not proved but he has done some of the animal studies and designed this method. Anyway, we are going to do the immediate loading only in the anteriors. Posterior is always advisable to go for delayed loading. So, what are the challenges that you place? Uh, uh, challenges you place when you uh, uh, face when you place the implant. Intraoperatively, fenestration can occur. What is fenestration? For example, if you are making a lower anterior implant placement. Lower anterior tooth loss happens always with most of the time with your gingival recession caused by the hyphenal attachment. So that keeps on pulling that gingiva as well as it forms a pocket. That pocket acts as an idus to form calculus in the microbes which eventually <coughs> erode the tooth, I mean bone around the tooth which leads to uh, extraction or uh, Follow um, falling of the tooth. 
So in that, you, that looks very simple actually. The most challenging part of dental implantology is placement of implant and loading the implant in the lower anteriors. So now how will you do this? You have to, while, while preparing this, some amount of V-shaped crater will form on the labial or lingual cortex. It's called fenestration. While keeping the drill, I, I told about that 2 mm of bone should be around after implant placement, right? That is getting compromised when you place uh, drill bits. It's called fenestration. This fenestration, how to overcome that? Of course, once it happens, happens. Once the socket is prepared for dental implant placement, that is done. You have to choose the another side if you are not able to achieve the placement. So primary stability should be your aim. 2 millimeter of bone around the implant should be the another objective. And third is a delayed loading. Fourth is aesthetic that you have to form emergency emergence profile and give a good uh, uh, aesthetic for the patient. These are all the various prime considerations. So when you thinking about, about all these things, then the fenestration is a challenge. Some implant has got a tie units or face on the uh, threads. What is the titanium oxide? which has got a uniting property with the soft tissues also. So you need not worry about that. Say for example, some of the types of Nobel BioCare has got a the tie unit surface. Even though there is a fenestration, if you are not doing immediate loading, you can put a soft tissue closure. You can close, approximate the wound and give a closure. That soft tissue Supriosteal cells proliferates and get unite with your implants and give a integration. One side will have a fibrosis integration, which is also as good as your osteointegration. The second way of addressing other implants, how will you manage? You have to put some hydroxyapatite crystals along with the PRF or native bone autograph, pack it with that, leave it for that lag period to get healed. Three months for mandible, again six months for maxilla. This is the way of doing the fenestration. The second part is, if the fenestration occurring on the lingual cortex, that is again a headache for a surgeon. When you go to the lower anteriors, the lower anteriors has got a foramen called sublingual foramen. Where the sublingual, if you take a dry mandible and see, superior to the junior tubercle, you see some foramens in that. That has got some anatomical values. The sublingual artery comes, supplies the sublingual gland and enters and gives a branch and enters into the foramen to supply the apices of the lower anterior, especially the central incisors, both central incisors, along with the nerve to mylohyoid. The mylohyoid, as you all know, coming from the inferior dental nerve, supplies the Mylohyoid muscle and the anterior digastric and gives a branch and enters into the superior genial, lingual foramen, superior genial tubercle, over the superior genial tubercle, along with the sublingual artery. The sublingual artery gets fused with the inferior alveolar artery. Anastomosis takes place underneath your lower anteriors. That's what you get a bleeding, profuse bleeding if you severe the lingual mucosa. And one more valid point I want to add is. No need to give a block for a 
extraction of your or implant placement for your lower anterior you just give a lingual infiltration as well as the labial infiltration for doing extraction that is why you are not doing your dental inferior dental nerve block so that is one what will happen if you severe that that the severe can cause ecchymosis underneath your tongue the tongue can get elevated keeps on collecting venous blood the tongue can get elevated it can jeopardize the sometimes it compromises the airway also the tongue is being pushed into the oropharynx so that portion there should not be any perforation you can see lot of uh, ecchymosis of the skin also chin ecchymosis because of this lingual periosteal that sublingual artery injury it's called colman sign so that should not they usually happens with your mandible fracture also so the colman sign should not happen so that is one how to prevent this you have to elevate the mucosa bicortically that is on the labial surface as well as with your lingual surface you have to elevate the flap see the bone angulation of the bone and then you start doing the drilling that's it that is the only way of preventing that and especially when you place the bicortical implant you have to open it fully now what are the uh, uh, adjuvant procedures that you need to know about that we discussed about autograft all this allograft all these things prf is wonderful osteoporosis or osteoinductive agent which can be obtained from the patient own blood and you can squeeze that with after centrifuging for 6000 times using the centrifuge and isolate the serum from that and take the gel alone between the glass slabs keep it and give a compression you will get a membrane kind of tissue that has to be placed around the fenestration along with your beta tricalcium phosphate or hydroxyapatite ideally autograft is advisable so that uh, the osteoinductive capacity is more so that you can see uh, the uh, best bone in, uh, formation after some time but any type of these kind of adjuvant better to go for delayed loading even though it is anterior lower or upper anterior go for a delayed loading only and this one uh, one one valid point which i want to insist on that and coming to the maxilla sinus two types of sinus lift if there is a 5 mm of bone you can put an implant size with that but it has to be lifted what are the types of sinus lift one is indirect or direct what is indirect indirect is through the socket you tap the implant fracture the floor of the sinus and lift it between the fractured bone and the socket apex you place some graft that is one directors you open the anterior using the like how you do a caldwell caldwell look like that you elevate the mucoperiosteum and anterior maxilla you are exposing expose it and shave the bone over the sinus using a fine round burr shave the bone you can see the glistening mucosal layer gray color mucosal layer make sure it is not severed and using that how you lift the uh, membrane over the egg raw egg you see the membrane right that kind of membrane is there insert the instrument as fine as your periosteal elevator 
even more finer than your previous elevator there is a separate kit for that you lift it like how you elevate the kernel in the coconut just lift it and keep the graft into it in the meanwhile you prepare the socket intraorally in the regular way now both the instruments will meet in that part you keep the graft leave it for some time not sometime at least four months you have to leave it make sure everything has formed take an x-ray and do a implant again this is one way or the press type of press fit type of implant the tapping type of implant i prepare the socket and directly place the implant and tap it that will ingest the bone and fracture the floor again you have to leave it for some time six months then again take an x-ray then find out whether it has integrated or not then you can go for a loading when you go for go for a loading there are two types if you go for a two stage i said it is uniform in width from the head to the root so the collar is not formed already buried implant the buried implant was safer implant first implant designed by brani marcus buried implant so that never gets contact with your oral microbial environment so it heals spontaneously within the bone as to integrations achieve now you open it you locate the implant with your x-ray and make a incision on the give a tissue punch there something called tissue punch what is a tissue punch it is like your imagine a cigarette cigarette if you remove all the tobacco you see that hollow tube right imagine that is made up of some sharp metal like stainless steel or titanium metal over the implant tissue just give a pressure so that that will cut and remove a circumscribed mucosa with that uh, tissue punch that can also be used for your taking incisional biopsy so once you expose that now the second part comes now you have to put a healing collar it is a one stage implant with from the head to the root it is going to be the same so instead of adding your abutment you put your cover screw the covers sorry now i'm sorry not cover screw healing collar what is that healing collar a healing collar is a trough shape mimic your abutment and it has got a screw over top of it so you have to place that and then you leave it for one week after one week the migration of the epithelium will take place oral mucosa will take place around the healing collar then you can remove that healing collar and you can reuse it for a next patient now the cuff has formed now you place the implant abutment abutment tighten it as you put for your preparation you can prepare on the patient mouth or you take an impression better send it to the lab because the patient can't open the keep the mouth open for a long time so once you place the abutment you take an impression with your rubber base material remove the abutment and put back your healing collar put back your healing collar abut remove the abutment the impression of the abutment is there in your impression tray that is with your rubber base there is something called implant analog what is implant analog which mimics your implant so universal all implant will have one kind of abutment i mean analog now the analog and the implant 
abutment are connected now you see that impression of your abutment right keep the whole system into the whole connect connectors into the impression i can explain with your diagrams if you want insert that then pour the model now the implant analog which mimics the implant has gone into the cast the implant abutment is protruding out either you send it to the lab or prepare an at your own and check with the patient again and you can send it to the lab for fabrication of the crown this is how you have to make thank you for uh, listening uh, then i'll get back to you soon bye bye